Welcome to Let's Talk Ed and Zahi. We are talking about online education. And today we're going to be talking about what makes a good online class. And obviously there are a lot of different ways to do it. Uh, we, we've seen good, bad, and, and ugly ways to do it. But, but what we want to focus on today is the kinds of things that, that make an online class good. And one of the things where I kind of want to start is a comment that you made on our last show uh, as we were talking about some of the things colleges need to consider. And as people are designing online classes, one of the things they need to be very cognizant of is a lot of people are accessing online classes through a mobile device. So, you know, as students are, are looking at these classes, they need to be able to do the coursework and and all of that through their mobile device and not exclusively on a desktop. Yeah, well, we've known for quite some time that desktop sales are have slumped compared with uh, compared with laptops and mobile devices. And as you said, many uh, students that's their only access to connectivity, uh, plus the cost uh, of buying a um, laptop. Uh, albeit it can be a few hundred dollars, but that's not necessarily a given, plus having access to the Internet might be out of reach to too many of our students, whether it's from a, a uh, financial situation or physically from lack of access to high-speed Internet uh, in, in many rural areas. And, yes, we are in the midst of in 2023 of, of serious conversations in Congress and significant amount of dollars that will be spent on uh, implementing additional or increase in access to high-speed internet across the U.S., but between the light switch being flicked on in Washington, D.C., and the reality of what happens in every state, every rural part, you're talking perhaps a decade. So how can we, in the meantime, provide the education that the students deserve and what their tax dollars are paying for? So that's the, that's the gist of it in my mind. Uh, so uh, it is about an effective use of technology, but also about recognizing, and you as a communicator will dive in, I'm pretty sure, uh, dive into it, uh, is how can you divide that education into morsels that are salient, that the individual doesn't have to spend a whole lot of time to get to the meat of it or doesn't have to spend a lot of bandwidth to get to it because a, a, a static slide requires far less than, uh, than audio, which requires far less than a video. Right. And, you know, so one of the things I can remember hearing somebody talk about uh, is, you know, can I put my entire lecture online in one big chunk for somebody to watch? And, you know, then they did, and surprise Pikachu face, students weren't watching that entire lecture because they sat down, they opened up, you know, that thing, and it's a 50-minute video, and, and students are like, no, I'm not doing that. So then, you know, well, I'll embed quizzes in it, and I'll force them to watch it. Well, no. Uh, you know, how many of us have sat in a college class, in an in-person class, where, you know, at the top of the hour, 
the instructor starts talking and never shuts up until you know the class ends without ever stopping for anything. I would say almost none of us have sat in a class like that. So why would we want to watch a video like that? Uh, you know, you you look at the way people consume media. Um, TikTok, one of the reasons it has become such a big thing. And the reality is a lot of traditional age students now are using TikTok like a search engine. They're using it like people use Google uh, to find information because you can digest it in very short things. Now, am I saying take a very complex thing and make a 10 second video about it? No, but uh, there are studies out there that show that you know, per topic, you should be looking at about a five minute thing. Um, you know, like YouTube, the, the algorithm really pushes hard on five minute video or on 10 minute videos rather, which is why when you and I do our, our show, we do it at about 10 minutes at a time. Um, but the reality is as you're digesting something, five minutes is great. And from a student's perspective, let's say I'm in a math class and it's complex and there's a particular thing that, that I'm struggling to understand. I would much rather have, you know, a short video on just that, that I can go over and over and over again, rather than having to find that in the midst of a 45 minute thing that the instructor has put up. So the other thing too is, you know, with the online content, you want to make it engaging. Um, you know, you don't want to just necessarily sit in your office, uh, sit in your home or whatever and record and, and put no thought into how you're making your presentation. Um, you know, why not spend, find a way to, be engaging with what you're doing. You know, do I mean you have to be super entertaining? Not necessarily. Uh, but if that's the way that's going to help with engagement and make people remember it, you know, if you're teaching history and you dress up like Ben Franklin to, to you know, help lodge that lesson in somebody's mind, great. But that's not necessarily what I'm saying you have to do. But, you know, think about your words. Think about how you're going to to give your presentation and, and work to make it very engaging. So when I when I'm listening to you, I'm thinking in my head about a couple of things. Uh, there is a, a set of metrics uh, that are available uh, that are called quality matters and institutions can subscribe and receive those metrics and and start building and have evaluators and train people to become evaluators and those are very important uh, to have a quality but also to have a homogeneity and uniformity so the student going from course a to course b to course c they don't all look very different they're they're more uniform look feel and quality as well because we can, we, can, we can set some standards to quality. Now, in terms of engagement and in terms of the length of time, I think, yes, there are individuals who can talk two hours, three hours, nonstop, don't take a breath. But that's 
you know, the question is not whether the instructor can do it. The, the question is how many students are going to be able to be attentive and, and be able to absorb this information. So like you said, the news isn't uh, continuous, monotonous spewing out of words. It's there's entertainment and entertainment value to it, to teaching in particular. So um, I believe recording your instruction in the classroom and having that available 50 minutes, three hours, it doesn't matter, however long, has some value for many students that can go back and rewatch a segment where you answer the question by a student by a particular student or something that, you know, a particular interaction. But that is not going to be, uh, that's unlikely to be what's going to be most impactful and most visited. Those smaller vignettes, you know, you know, you have a particular topic, part of your lecture that, you know, students are going to be struggling with, have a one or two or three minute video on it have a lively uh, video and show them how it's done. It could be a weld, show them the technique, how to weave, for example, or how to use stringers, show them how to wrench in your, uh, in your mechanical class, or show them how to uh, think about a, a particular document in, in your history class or your philosophy class, or show them how to calculate in physics or in math, but make it salient and make it, to the point. Well, and I'm, I'm going to touch, even though we're, we're starting to run shy on time, I think the other thing that's very important is for, for colleges, if they want to have successful online classes, they also need to invest in the right technology for, for instructors to take advantage of that. So take your example of recording an entire lecture and Let's say I have, I'm the instructor, I'm doing the sage on the stage approach where I, I'm talking in front of the class. The camera is on me. And the student in the background has a question that's about this loud. You know, and nobody can hear what the student just asked. And now I'm responding to a question. Uh, you know, how well is that going to work? So, you know, part of it is making sure the technology is there to do things like that if that is what you are going to do. It's, it's making sure that if you are having that welding instructor show how to do a particular weld, uh, they either know how to properly use their own, say, cell phone camera to do that, or they have the technology available to them that they can go out and get a different camera and do that and edit all that together. So we have been talking about what makes a good uh, online class, the quality, the content, and all of that. If you enjoy this, uh, you can subscribe to us here on YouTube. Ring the bell down below. You'll get notified when we post new content. And, of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.